0: Yeah, I went to one of the best restaurants in the world. Oh, really? In Copenhagen. Mm. It's a little bit nuanced. If I was broke, I wouldn't get it. I would go and be like, why the fuck did I pay $600 for that? Mm. But to just get those tastes in your mouth.
1: Right. Pause.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Pause. Mm. Oh, yeah, perfect. Cool. Hey, <laughs> cool. Perfect. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual, the chisel of the Dons. But, of course, you already knew that. This is a serial entrepreneur, the Filipino prince tycoon, Rene Lacar, And we are, this is assiduous. <laughs> David's face when you're doing the entire thing, he's
0: just so entertaining. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's having the time of his he, life back he's like, Locked
0: in. <laughs> he's like right?
1: then the... dude it rolls off the tongue like so many people don't know they, they don't recognize how i've rehearsed this for years well not maybe not this, this? exchange this No, no exact... not this. yeah if, if i was able to make like situations where i could go back in time if i had like the thanos time stone yeah. do this for seven years just rehearse an intro what am i really doing with my life because mm-hmm. i could have went back in time and did a whole lot of different things but...
0: what would you do if you want if you could go back in time
1: like if,
0: just because i think about it i'm like yo if i could restart my life I wouldn't want to restart from, like, five, because I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. too fucking long. I'd have to go through, like... Imagine being an adult in, like, Mm -hmm. uh, first grade. Fucking weird. But if I could restart my time... I've had a a time stone to just go back in time. I would literally go back to, like, 10th grade. Mm. Because that's, like, the ultimate peak. That's when, like, you start becoming a man, almost. For me, that's when my growth spurt hit, my voice changed. And, like, I think about it, I'm like, yo, knowing what I know now... 10, you imagine, like, going back 10 years in the past or 12 years in the past,
1: mm-hmm.
0: at this point, I'd be worth, like, a billion dollars. I'd be a billionaire. I would have gotten, like, so much pussy, uh, like, when I was 18, just knowing what I know now. Mm-hmm. And then, on top of that, like, I could just right a lot of my wrongs. Because at some point, like, let's say I did go back, I wouldn't even want to get pussy, because I already had it technically, Right. just not in that life. I don't know what that would be considered, but...
1: Well- I don't, I don't know if that works, though. I don't know if that works, though. Because if you go back in time, do you unfuck the people that you fuck? Because <laughs> how, does, how does that work? Because if you're in a situation where it's like, all right, I slept with this amount of people. Now you go back to virginity. Do you just, you have in your mind the experiences? Or does that get erased as well? Because if yes. you go back knowing what you know, do you know so and experience everything? Technically, you have the
0: memory of fucking someone. Okay. But not, you haven't actually done it.
1: So then it's a fantasy at that point. You're no different than an incel when you go back. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty much the same. <laughs> what did you mean, same? If
0: you know... you kn- Okay, that's a good point.
1: See, that, that, that kind of... You, you can't unfuck who you fucked. But then if you do unfuck who you fuck, you no longer have the experience, so now it's just fantasy. True. So you, you, your experience okay, now becomes that, porn. But that, <laughs> It's like virtual True. porn. You, so, okay, but why does it matter if
0: you know you did it?
1: Well, do you know that you did... Well, t- technically, if you went back, then you you'd have that, the consciousness you know that you actually experienced it. that you did it, but okay. you technically didn't do it. Hmm. I'm not
0: gonna lie, though. I understand where you're coming from. Right. Because for me, like... I think there's been some girls where I'm like, Shh, I did that. Right. You, know, you feel a sense of pride. You're like, did that. Obviously, I don't talk about it too much because it's kind of like douchey, but like, yeah. I know. And because I actually did it in this mm-hmm. life, I feel cool about it. Right. But if you were to go back in time, you might know, but you didn't actually do it. It's different, because, like, can you mm-hmm. have, be prideful for something you actually didn't do in the real objective reality? It's mm-hmm. a good question.
1: And then you also have the shameful portion of it, because there's some experiences where it's like, yeah, that was great. And then there's other experiences where like, oh, shit, that was terrible. Yep. Like, you wish you could have took that back, but now you take that back, and you also take back the good ones as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so, funny enough, I actually look at my life like this, because... I look at my life now, and the guys I'm cu- I was coming up with, mm-hmm. these guys are fucking ten times richer than me. Because mm-hmm. I fell under the Justin Bieber trap. I started making money, first thing I did, fly girls out, yep. travel, mm-hmm. below all my money, mm-hmm. right? These guys had a little bit of a, a saner mind, and they saved their money.
1: So they had a long term plan. They you had just kind of was just plan. in the situation. Yeah, okay.
0: 100%. But then I look at our lives now, right? And they live in fucking places six times bigger than mine. Their mm-hmm. penthouses are way nicer. They have Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Rolls Royces. And I think about it and I'm like, I would not change a thing. Mm-hmm. I look at my life, I look at their life. They might be having a good life. But I feel like I have lived 10 lifetimes already. Mm-hmm. To the point if I die today, I'd be very, very happy. If they die today, they spend their entire life looking for nothing. I think there's a delicate balance. If I, was, if I spent all of it and I was homeless, that's a different story. But I'm still living in a penthouse. I still got a good life. I have like a very balanced uh, aspect of my life. So... I have no complaints about that. Like, okay. I, I'm super happy about
1: it. But you know, what's interesting about that. I'm happy that you said that, because it's it's like, when people think when you get older, you get wiser, but... Wisdom doesn't only come with age, it comes with experience. So if you're in a situation where, let's just say, somebody who's a hundred millionaire versus somebody who's a 50 millionaire, right? But the person who was a 50 millionaire was in a situation where they blew through 75. So they really could have been at like 125, but they had the experience of blowing through the money. Or a situation where they've got it all, lost it all, got it back. Mm -hmm. Versus somebody who got there, never lost it. Although the person who never lost it has a captivating story, especially in America, people are going to be much more... Or I should just say the West as a whole. More people will be much more interested in the person who had it, lost it, got it back. Yep. Because on average, people are going to get something, lose it, and get it back.
0: People, people like the hero's journey. Yeah. They like people that have gone through ups and downs. Mm-hmm. If your entire life is an up, they don't care about that. Yeah. They're like, good for you, but if your entire life is up, down, up, down, it's captivating. It's why people like movies. Because mm-hmm. in movies, usually superheroes is doing good, and then all of a sudden something bad happens and they lose it all, or the plot twist, and all of a sudden they come back up. Because it shows character development, Mm -hmm. right? When you look at Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber is a great example of this. He was a rock star and then he went a little crazy.
1: Yeah, started spitting on people. Started
0: peeing on people. Yeah, yeah, that too. And then came back up and now he's a man of Christ, right? So so he peed on people,
1: he peed on people and then turned to Christ. Why didn't R. Kelly do that? Like he just he just kept peeing on people. Man. Yeah,
0: I mean I feel like religion's an easy cop out for anyone.
1: That is like, true. You
0: could do anything. I could fucking say some sexist shit, mm-hmm. but then turn to God all of a sudden and everything's erased because religion. They typically have that. It's like uh, you're always forgiven for your sins. Right. As soon as you move to it. So I don't know. I feel like it's an easy cop out.
1: It is because you know it's, it's 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 very vague. I think mm-hmm. because of course you have to live that life in order to truly be forgiven yeah. but I think it's somewhat been watered down like there's there's a lot of prosperity preaching stuff like that going on now where people legitimately, you go to church or whatever they say, oh well it doesn't matter what it is that you did you'll be forgiven for your sins yeah. or whatever the case may be you could have murdered somebody on Saturday came in on Sunday, you leave Sunday afternoon service feeling as if you're sanctified, you're holy, you're going to pri- you well not prison, but you're going to, you're going to <laughs> heaven you should be in prison, but you're going to <laughs> heaven right? But it, it, in my mind I always thought about like those serial killers, if on their deathbed or right after they get caught like you're about to get the the uh, lethal injection you're on your way to you know to the afterlife right or the upper room whatever they call lower room in their case and if you just say oh well you know god forgive me for all my sins you know i'm gonna be a christian i give my life to you or whatever Mm -hmm. most people who aren't really in tune in the lifestyle of what anybody who's in religion is supposed to live they would look at it like well if you just say you give your life to god then you give your life to god Right. versus actually having to do the work. So it's the ultimate cop-out. Because people will say, oh, man, I'm religious or I'm spiritual. But are you really?
0: And my thoughts on that, right? Like, there's a the term soldier of God, which yeah. I love. Because if you're a soldier of God, what do soldiers do? They typically fight. Yeah. So as a soldier of God, when I look at people like that, let's say serial killer, right? Mm-hmm. I know Jeffrey Dahmer, he got murdered in his prison cell. Yeah. Right is that someone doing God's work? Is that a soldier of God, the guy who who took out Jeffrey Dahmer? Mm -hmm. Because people might look at him and be like, no, like, you're not supposed to do that. But at the end of the day, if he took someone out that was bad for the world, isn't he a net positive for the the universe, for the balance of the world? Isn't that almost like he's working through God by doing that?
1: I would say yes, because think about it, like, the Bible, especially in the Bible where you have a bunch of people who will, you're pretty much going to war, you're going to battle in God's name. So I think there's a percentage of violence that has to come with it. That's why there's some people who will vehemently defend. Like, somebody could say something outlandish about Christianity, say something outlandish about Islam, say something Mm -hmm. outlandish about anything, and there are people who are ready to go to war to defend their religion, right? So I think usually, especially like, thou shalt not kill or whatever, I think that comes with certain parameters to where that should happen. Like, if it's some premeditated, out-of-nowhere sporadic sort of situation, then I think you're wild. Mm-hmm. But if it's within the parameters of the religion, I think maybe you could get, you know, get by with it. Right. I think there's there's different sort of thing, because I'm not heavily religious.
0: Well, so I looked at, I looked... There was something I saw on the Internet, and it talked about how there's a difference between murder and killing. Right. Because the Bible, if you translate it back to Aramaic or whatever it was written in, mm-hmm. it wasn't thou shall not kill, it was thou shall not murder. Right. And murder and kill have two different connotations. Killing is just killing. Murder is unjustified killing. Mm-hmm. So if it's a justified killing, it doesn't necessarily even go against those, like, Ten Commandments, because it was, thou shalt not murder. So if, if it's a justified, and, I, and again, this is where it gets subjective, because who am I to say what's justified, what's not justified? Right. But if it's justified... Like, if someone breaks into my house, right, and I shoot them, and they die, is, like, am I going to hell for that? I really hope not, because I feel like I was protecting my family, I was doing what I needed to do. So... I don't know, I think there's a lot of gray area, and it gets a little bit confusing.
1: Yeah, because you know what's funny about that? I remember when I was a kid, and I was always the person who asked ridiculous questions, because I always figured as if, if I keep asking questions, I de- uh, you know, dig deeper into whatever it is that somebody's talking about, mm-hmm. I'll at least try to get the perspective that I need. So I'd always wonder, like, all right, let's just say there's some ax murderer <laughs> running around the church, and they're just taking people out left and right. What's the solution in this situation? If, If nobody tries to intervene physically to eradicate and eviscerate the individual trying to axe murder that's people. Such
0: a word. What the hell Evi- are you are gonna eviscerate Eviscerate them?
1: <laughs> to a permanent that, that, end. That's such a violent word. Like, really, oh, it's, really? it's net, because you gotta meet the violence with the violence, <laughs> even if it's verbally. So you said eradicate <laughs> and eviscerate. Eradicate and eviscerate the threat. We can't just try to pray away the person. Could you person.
0: imagine if it was a, like, you know how there's like the death penalty?
1: Mm-hmm. If it was called the evisceration penalty. Oh, boy, like, nobody would do that. Nobody would commit crime. Because death in itself, it's, it's, it's it's-it's, you know, it's, there's it's a totality kind of po- to it, right? That is like, poetic. Exactly, like death, and, and like, you use-you oh. use, you use de- The word death and dead kind of is in circulation on a daily basis. Right. Eviscerate. Jesus. Some, like, <laughs> it sounds aggressive. I'm going to eviscerate you, eradicate you. Something like that. It's like, oh, wait a minute, this guy's a psycho. But <laughs> if there was crazy. an ax murderer running around the church just taking people down, and somebody then goes in you know, nullifies the threat, (laughs) neutralize the threat, something of that nature, you'd be like, oh, wow, praise God, this person stopped them. But if there's no violent portion to it, it's like, oh, God, would somebody stop this person? Well, who's the somebody? Somebody's gonna have to do it in God's name and take the person out. Like, think about it like this. This is gonna be a crazy example, but think about it like this. Let's just say Jeffrey Dahmer was a good guy. He ate people for good. So if you had somebody (laughs) who's an axe murderer breaks into people's houses Jeffrey Dahmer then you know starts eating this individual now granted he had a process of how you would eat people right he would start mm-hmm. he'd drug you or whatever possibly have sex with you whether you are awake <laughs> or not and then he would dismember you and then consume you know your heart or whatever the case was what if he did it in reverse Right, so he did it on, in the in the nature of good. Well, if he ate you alive, that's something different. No, he, but, so
0: wait, wait, he didn't. Remember, so he would, he would. You're alive. Yeah. Eat he your would heart. Eat you, right. And then chop you up, and then have sex with you, and then drug you.
1: Out. Yeah, but then how does that happen? Do you section off the vagina? Or, or well, he yeah. was homosexual. So would you do it all? Section off the asshole. Now you're just eating just the rectum. It's yeah. very weird. This game, <laughs> this game is getting ridiculous. But 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 let's just say, let's just say. Third episode, <laughs> right? First YouTube strike. Right? It's crazy. What? What if Jeffrey Dahmer was eating people for good? But let's just say he was doing it in God's name, right? What if he was doing it in God's name? Like, could you? Would that be some sort of cop out for him? If he yeah. was, if he was a warrior for good, he wasn't doing anything nefarious at all. He was just taking out people who was bad in this world, kind of like a uh, Dexter, yeah, sort of situation. The way
0: I look at it too, is. With my, with my relationship with God, my understanding of God, mm-hmm. I think it's evolved throughout the days. And the way I look at it is I look at the natural balance of the universe, right? Right. So here's a good example. When I look at the universe, um, did you know it's, when, when the Bible says, uh, be good to thy neighbor, mm-hmm. right? When you look at the world, your chances for survival, and this is just a fact, your chances are, are for survival are much better when you are nicer to people. 100%. So if you look at game theory, if you want to increase your chances of survival in, in the world, it's when you're nicer to people. That, that increases your chances. So it's congruent with the Bible. It says, thou shall love your neighbor. Because these two things, one is in the Bible, one is a fact of the universe, mm-hmm. right? Objective reality. I can clearly see that that's good. That's something God would have wanted because God created the world. Uh, the Bible obviously has its, has its opinion on God or its thoughts on God. So when I look at that, when something matches, that is what I can look at and say, you know what, that makes sense to me. That's something I want to follow. Another one is God created man in his image. I don't necessarily think that people are... Maybe, maybe he was talking about the, we're thinking too big, we're thinking two arms, two legs. Right. But it could be atoms, mm-hmm. right? Me, you, the sun, everything around us is created by the same, it's the same composition, yeah. right? We're all like carbon-based life forms. So, the, me and you are made out of the same thing the sun is made out of. So for for the Bible to say God is created, or man was created in God's image, if you look small enough on a small enough scale, it makes sense as well. So that's how I try to make sense of the world, make sense of God, make sense of the universe, is just by looking at things, like that.
1: Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I can't be agnostic. It's it's why even, even, I would rather be in a situation where I believe there's a higher power, get to the afterlife if there is one, and find out, okay, I was wrong, versus being in a situation where I didn't believe there was a higher power, ultimately pass, and find out there is. I think it's it's kind of a situation where there's a contingency plan, per se. Mm -hmm. Also, there's a lot of things you can't explain. Right. Like, of course, on the basic being, if you're on a plane that's going down, what do you say in that moment if you're agnostic? Oh, like particles of the universe, safe. Like, there's nothing (laughs) that you could do in that particular, you know, situation. You're gonna say, oh, my God, or whatever. But at the same time, like you said, we're all made up of atoms and things of that nature. And also, you can't explain a number of different things.
0: And I think it's one thing, too, when you're blessed, I feel like I'm incredibly blessed. Right. It brings you closer to God. Mm -hmm. Because nothing else is gonna explain this. I could take as much credit as I want for it, but at the end of the day, it almost feels like you're chosen. Because there's certain things in my life where... As much as I would love to say, I worked really, really hard to get this, at the end of the day, I was lucky enough to be born in the United States. Right, 100%. I was lucky enough to do martial arts when I was a kid because it built discipline in me. Mm-hmm. You were lucky enough to do sports because it built discipline in you. So, it, it, as much as I would like to say, it's all me, I would take all the credit, there are certain things that set me in the right direction. And because of that, it, has led to me being incredibly successful. It's led to you being incredibly successful, it's led to me living a good life.
1: Do you think it's a philosophy, or may- maybe, maybe having the awareness to identify where the lessons are being taught that you have to carry forward? Because if you look at martial arts, you look at sports, you look at all of those different extracurricular activities that instill discipline, there's some people who can't seem to figure out the lesson in all of that is discipline yeah so it always made me wonder perspective is different for everybody but there's some people and there's, there's an ongoing it's been for like years this ongoing joke there's people the people who get it get it the people who don't don't yeah. so it always made me wonder how do you identify the proper perspective, because there's really no 100% this is the perspective you're supposed to have. But how is it that when you're in moments where discipline is what the real lesson, the underlying lesson of everything is? Delayed gratification, discipline, consistency. How is it that some people are able to figure that out, other people don't?
0: I think people always move towards the path of least resistance. Mm. So no matter what, people are gonna choose the easiest way out. They're gonna move to pleasure and move away from pain. Because even in marketing, one of the biggest tools in marketing, if I were to give someone something that would make them a million dollars today, just marketing psychology, marketing advice, it would be for any of your headlines, for any of your websites, for any of your product pages, you just wanna double their pleasure and half their pain. Those two things. So I could say something as simple as, make twice as much money with half the work. Mm -hmm. Because the work is the pain, but making money is the pleasure. So by saying make twice as much money, I double the pleasure with half as much work, I half the pain. And because of that, it automatically just converts better, whether, no matter what it's on, no matter what, if it's on a website, on a funnel, on uh, ad, like, that is the core message you want to convey in any of your marketing materials, anything you ever create, that is the message you want to have.
1: And how did you come about identifying that?
0: Well, so I think about it, right? When you look at the world, what are things that people get addicted to, drugs, porn, um, I don't know, food, mm-hmm. right? All of these vices and addictions people have, it's always some, some, something that brings you pleasure, right? When I eat, like, I feel fucking great, right? And there was a, something that says sugar is equally or more addictive than cocaine, mm-hmm. right? Drugs, I've done drugs before, and when you do drugs, it releases chemicals in your brain that are pleasure, pleasure chemicals. So you might think like, oh, I have this pleasure, but it's just from the drugs. And same thing, when you have sex, that's what happens, or porn in the same way. So, the most addictive things is just a release of dopamine, it's pleasure. Right. Right. What the things that people avoid, pain. They hate going to the gym, they avoid going to the gym because it's painful. They, they don't like working because it's painful. They don't like anything that involves like making their life difficult, they avoid it. So, for me, it was almost like a natural balance, or I'm sorry, a natural progression where I see things and I'm like, I'm observant, yeah. right? I'm diligent, meticulous analytical,
1: hey, you're almost there. You're almost uh, there. observant. Mm-hmm. That one was in there, but I'm that as well. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> so I'm observant, mm-hmm. and I literally just look at it, I'm like, this makes so much sense. It takes an idiot to not see it, right? Or like someone that's in denial because they're ignoring it. right? So for you, I mean, you work real hard, mm-hmm. right? And people might look at you and be like, oh, one thing I hate, one thing I hate, people look at people like you, uh, YouTubers, content creators, and they're like, oh, his life's so easy, all he does is make YouTube videos but I know from experience you're a very hard worker because I've tried YouTube, it's fucking difficult. And I have the luxury of like doing whatever I want and I can sit all day and make YouTube videos, I can't do it. Mm. You sit there and you make a ton of content. I see you posting content every single day at like a consistent pace. People don't realize how hard that is because they're looking from the outside in, you know? So for you, how did you manage to, to check your brain chemicals in that way so that you actually put the pain in to then have that everlasting pleasure.
1: I think it goes back to like, and I'm happy that you mentioned dopamine, because I think with different people, and I'll I'll get to the question, but I I don't want to make this first point. With different people, there's individuals who get that dopamine hit in the day, and immediately they think, how can I get another one? How do I get to another, how do I get to another one? There's others who fall into complacency. They got their dopamine hit, ah, well, I got there, I'm good for the rest of the day. Yeah. And then there's no pursuit for that again, because there's some people who say, well, if I've tasted success, I want to make sure I never not taste success mm-hmm. versus those who are like, oh, I made it. Yeah. But then what really is making it? So then for me, I think it goes back to what we talked about um, in the prior episodes where what is your why? So for me, it was like, all right, I recognize YouTube's a long game. Yeah. I'm not going to be one of those people who get from zero to a million subscribers overnight like that. I may have the charisma, may have the personality, may have the content, may have the voice, may have the dash and good look. Whatever the case may be, I, I can have an idea of, well, I'll get from here to here, but it takes time to get to that point. Yeah. So to get from zero to a thousand subscribers is incredibly tough but you're not gonna get there if you don't do the work. Exactly. So, essentially, I was in a situation where, when I started, I didn't have like the aesthetic, I didn't have the camera, I didn't know what the hell I was gonna do, I didn't have the finances behind me, because I think when you had started really, really posting you know, YouTube videos, you already, to some degree, you... you... I had a million dollars already. Exactly, yeah. right? So I was legit coming from debt, like I was in the red. Right? I got my parents' credit cards. They still don't know the transactions. I still use it till (laughs) this day. But nevertheless, you know, how how you think I got to Florida? But with all that being said, I looked at it like, all right, in order to get to where I want to go, I'm gonna have to keep grinding. Then when you get into a rhythm, you recognize, okay, I'm getting the views, I'm getting the subscribers, I'm building the community, but if I slow down now, people's attention spans are so short. If I disappeared for 365 days, they're gonna go on to somebody else. You might miss me for a month, at maximum, maybe two months, those people who are really in there. Because I always look at it as a tenth of a tenth of a percent. So if I have a thousand subscribers, I got a hundred people who are consistently watching, and then of that, I got 10 people who's like, oh, my, I really want to see what's coming next from this guy. And maybe about one or two who's like, whatever the hell this guy posts, I'm gonna follow him anywhere. Yeah. So in my mind, like right now, I'm approaching 700,000, call flex. But I'm, from from there, I look dollars, at it like, yo, Dollars or subscribers? Huh? What? Dollar, dollars or dollars subscribers? Is, oh, no, it can't possibly be dollars. I mean, <laughs> the, come on now, like the IRS is wondering, where's my tax money? I don't got it. So, you know, <laughs> my pockets are empty. But um, with all of that, I look at it like a 10th of a 10th of a 10th percent. Yeah. So although I have that number, in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, I only got 700 people who really, you know, follow me. I only got about 70 people. So that way it keeps me moving forward. So I, although I can get the dopamine hit, I never rest on my laurels. Mm-hmm. So I just keep going and 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 there's a lot of people who look at me like, man, you know, you've gotten to a point where you can be comfortable. I'm like, who told you that? Yeah. <laughs> like, you'll never know. So I, I keep it in a situation where I end. keep going. The game, the game never ends. End.
0: And the thing about society right now and the world that we live in, two things. One, it's easier than it's ever been to make a million dollars. It's easier than it's ever been to make a million dollars. I think there's 1,600 new millionaires every single day. Because the world we live in, you got the internet, Mm -hmm. you have access to the entire world, everything is decentralized. So literally, it doesn't matter who's against you, the entire system could be against you. if you're putting out good content, good shit, people will find it, they will like it, they will follow you, you will make money. No matter what, anyone in today's world can become a millionaire. So it's the easiest it's ever been but at the same time, it's also the hardest it's ever been because now the entire world is set up to fuck with your dopamine, right? Because everything's so accessible, the internet's so accessible, ways to make money are so accessible, all the other shit is too. Distractions are super accessible. Porn is super accessible. Easy, quick dopamine, Instagram scrolls, TikTok scrolls, super accessible, everything. All these little like games on your phone, right? Or games on your computer. Those games are set up to be addictive because they want to take your time. So, every time you click a button on a little video game, dopamine hit, dopamine hit. You're on Call of Duty, you shoot someone in Call of Duty, dopamine hit. There's, the entire world is set up for you to win, but it's also set up for you to fail, because now your dopamine is just getting fucked up. Everything you do, dopamine hit, dopamine hit, dopamine hit, but at the same time, if you look at it the opposite perspective, it's so easy to make money. And I think what we're seeing now is a great divide. People, a lot of people are just going straight to nothingness, they're just wasting their time. People are making so much money off of other people's time by providing this quick, easy dopamine, and there's a lot of people that are making a lot of money because they've learned this and they've mastered it. So you're getting like a, almost like a separation where some people are getting this quick dopamine, some people are preserving their dopamine and saving it for the actual real world world Gratification, satisfaction.
1: Yeah, and you know what's funny about that? And I, it goes back was to one. fire. It, Hold up, sorry. I need yeah, to yeah, that's a clip. So, yeah, yeah. You, you go so here, and right I'll talk oh. to people. You go here, I'll talk to people right now. Let me talk to you yeah, about what's going on as it pertains to getting your dope mean hit. Right, when you go and you get that dope mean hit, what I'm going to need you to do. In that particular moment, I'm going to need you. I'm talking to the people here. I'm talking to the people. I'm not going to talk to the hard camera. I'm going to talk to my personal, all right? To get close up right here. I need you to make sure that you stay consistent in what it is that you do. I live my life by the three C's. I commit to the commitment of consistency every single day. It doesn't matter if it's you working out. It doesn't matter if you're in a situation in which, you know, you're, you're chasing after something. It doesn't matter if you're trying to please a woman. Whatever the case is, you got to put yourself in a position where you commit to the commitment of consistency. You keep getting that dopamine hit until there's no more dopamine hits to get. And even if there are no more to get you still try to pursue the un, you know, attainable one. You gotta keep going after it. There is no slowing down. I don't want to do the rocky quote of, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. But literally, you have to put yourself in a situation where you're constantly working towards something, right? I don't want to go into alpha, my grind set sort of situation, but you want to be in a position where you keep going after it. I can promise you, where you are in life is not the peak of where it is that you're going to be, alright? You can always ascend higher. Right? So set out a plan. Write it down, whatever the case may be. Everybody talks about manifesting these days, okay? But manifestation means nothing if you don't do the work. Now, granted, even doing the work can be difficult. Sometimes, you know, the plan has to change, but the goal should always remain the same. You understand what I'm saying? So you set a goal. You do not negotiate with yourself about how you attain, or I should say, how you get to that goal. Right. You make sure you keep working towards the goal and you slowly, incrementally, surely, surely you'll mess around and get there. If you want to make a million dollars, that's great. But guess what? Even if you never make it to a million, you might make it to five hundred thousand. You might make it to seven hundred fifty thousand. You might make it to two hundred thousand. It doesn't matter what the particular number may be. It will be substantially higher than where you were before. All right, I want to make a million. It could take you forty six years to finally make it to the million. But guess what? You may have consistently been making that six hundred thousand consistently making that three hundred thousand. So you just got to make sure that you just keep working. All right. You just keep working. I'm not telling you not to enjoy your life. You could have your those vices or whatever the case may be, but you constantly have to put yourself in a situation where the goal remains the same. The plan may change. Sometimes you're gonna have to call an audible, right? Peyton Manning at the doggone, you know, uh, the, the line of scrimmage. Okay, LeBron James with the checks on the offensive, you know, yes. philosophy, right? You're doing all this other stuff. You <laughs> got to change some stuff up, right? Car could break down, right? Your leg might mess around and fall off. Get a prosthetic. Put yourself in a situation where you work towards what the goal is. There is no slowing down. And as Rocky, oh, you know, I should say Apollo, once said, there is no tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying? You're back. How's the urine? Dave.
0: <laughs> Dave is short for David Goggins,
1: huh? Oh, a little bit, a little bit. But who's going to carry the boats and the logs? You, you know yeah. what's crazy? I saw that video for the first time maybe four weeks ago.
0: Which video? Just for Um, context.
1: Wait, wait, okay, so David Goggins is in this gym, right? Apparently, they started recording when he was on his final set. Mm He had done, I believe it was, 95 reps. Don't quote me on it, because I, I, I remember, I was looking in the comment section, somebody had mentioned Yeah, it sounds like my so, one day. I usually yeah, do,
0: like, 95. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah, it was yeah. like, it was 95 pounds on, like, the oh. incline, or something like that, and I don't know how much reps he was doing prior. Yeah. But then they're counting, and the dude is, like, drills up, he's like, 22, 23, and Dave is just going, right? It's like, you don't know, they don't know me, son. I'm like, who are you talking to? You talking to the ball? Like, nobody's, nobody's here. Is there, like, an omnipresence? There's a ghost? You know, some sort of homunculus, something like that, that's in the background, (laughs) right? So he's just, who's gonna carry the boats and the logs? And it was just in my mind. It just keeps running through my mind. So anytime I go to the gym, anytime I'm doing something randomly, who's gonna carry the boats? It's in the the back of my head. Well, no, so it's funny enough, I
0: think those guys go to a dark place. And he says, everyone says it. Kobe said he had to go Mm -hmm. to a dark place. And once I kind of framed that in my head, every time I'm struggling with anything, I just have to go to a dark place. Right. I get really angry. I think that anger is a great motivator.
1: Oh, 100%. So
0: when I'm working out and I'm tired, my arms are hurting, and I feel like putting weight down, I just start, like, getting angry. Because that anger will, like... I don't know what it does. It, it takes out... It puts a beast yeah. inside of you. So, yeah. no matter what, I could be sitting here, I'm in front of my computer, working on my laptop, and I want to quit, I want to lay down. I'm like, uh uh-uh, fuck that. Mm-mm. I'm gonna fucking make the best fucking Shopify website I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> right, right, legit. And I do the same thing in two different ways, because I don't want to go to ominous route right with how, how I prepare myself for people's deaths. Yeah. I go to an incredibly dark place. But then the same thing applies when I look at the fitness, because I think to myself, like, it's one of the reasons why I learned how to swim, right? I broke the mold, black man can swim. Ooh. So since that was the case, I went out, I thought to myself, I'm like, man, if I'm in a situation where the world, or primarily even states, whatever, there's, I don't know the percentage, but we're, like, covered by, like, 60%, 70% water, whatever the mm-hmm. case is. So water, to a certain degree, and this is a bit oxymoronic, but it's omnipresent. Water is everywhere, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm in a situation where I'm in a body of water, I cannot physically create a situation where I can escape, I'm fucked. Yeah. So I think of the same thing regarding with physical fitness. If I can't hold up my body weight, let's just say there was a crazy tornado, um, hurricane, heavy winds, or whatever, and now I fall off of a balcony, but I'm holding on, right? right? If I'm in a position where I can't hold up my own body weight, it's over. Mm-hmm. I want to at least create an opportunity, or I should say create a scenario, where I have a chance, and I physically can get myself out of situations. So right. in my mind, whenever I'm working out, whenever I'm training, I think, yo, well, who's going to carry the boats? Well, I think, <laughs> I think immediately, like, okay, i got to do all these push-ups because if I don't, well, guess what? I'm going to die. Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, I'm going, and my arms could be ready to freak... They're trembling. Like, I I look like I got, like, Parkinson's all the way up my arm. I got arthritis. It's craziness. But I'm keep... I'll keep going. I'll keep going until I can't physically do it anymore. Like, you keep training until failure. And I think people who work out, and they work out till failure on their own are in a different particular kind of mind space.
0: Yeah, I like something you said there, because I think every guy does it, or at least I do it. I'm like, if I don't do these... Five, 100 push-ups. If I don't do this, 100 push-ups, my mom's gonna die. Right. And I think about that, I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, mm-hmm. push myself through it, because that's what I think in my head. And I think when you do that, it almost forces you... You have to counter, like, no matter what, everything's always breaking down. It's the law of entropy in the universe. Things you don't focus on will break down. If you don't focus on your body, you are battling against the universe, because the universe is breaking your body down every second. Every second you sit here not doing anything, you're slowly getting more and more out of shape right, on a really micro level, so every second, one, two, three, four, five, I've gotten five seconds less in shape, so every second you spend not battling the universe, you're getting out of shape, so in order to do that, you have to put force into it, you have to say, I'm fucking stronger than the universe, you're gonna try to break my body down, I'm gonna try to build it up, and you have to apply that amount of force into doing anything, and normally, you can force a lot of things, you can force yourself to become fucking famous. You can force yourself to become rich. You can force yourself to make money. You can force yourself to get into shape. If your mind is strong enough, your force of will can shape reality around
1: you. That's why people quit. A lot of people quit because they they can't seem to find that force to push forward. And that's one of the biggest problems I have with the plus-size community, with, with, with situations <laughs> like that, right? Because you gotta recognize oh <laughs> how much of an inconvenience you being so incredibly large is. Like, granted, it's not an issue if you're slightly oh overweight, boy. right? Because you gotta understand, this is not, this is not towards individuals who just so happen to have thyroid, <laughs> the second you happen to be, <laughs> right? right? Like, 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 this, this. I'm very passionate about it. And I can talk about it, because my yeah. brother's fat, all okay. right? Okay. Is that like the cop I would love? My friend's black, let me be racist. <laughs> so, since that's the case, right? My brother's morbidly obese, right? I'm having yeah. him lose some weight, he's down, yeah. about, like, 53 pounds right now, so that's great. Unchiseled oh, Adonis, that's what I call them. So, with the plus-size community, the biggest problem that I have with it is, you have individuals who are literally, they look like they're melting. You ever seen the Pokemon muck? The yeah. way, where it's just, it's yeah. just a huge blob. A pile, you look like a yeah. chewed piece of gum. Yeah. And here you are at this size, everything where you, your entire size is an inconvenience to your life, and other individuals. You can't find clothes because they don't even have the fabric you to create fly, a, You can't on you can't, you can't get on flights, or when you go on flights, you have to fly first class by circumstance, not because you was actually interested in flying first class. Or you have to buy three seats in the row. There was somebody who went viral on, I think it was TikTok, something like that, talking about, hey, you know, maybe these flights, they need to make bigger chairs or something like that. Like well, man, may, maybe you, you might want to consider losing a bit of weight. And then to the individuals who just so happen to have thyroids so or if you're handicapped, I understand that. But are you actively trying to counteract that. Like, if you're in a situation where you're constantly gaining weight, what are you trying to do to well, mitigate The
0: thing is, even with thyroid, right, because I, I met a girl with thyroid, and mm-hmm. she was really going ham. She was running marathons. I can't even run a marathon. Mm-hmm. And this girl's bigger than me. She's running a marathon. But the thing is, she wasn't, like, like she didn't look like a chewed up piece of gum. She didn't right. look like a pile of goo. Right. She was, like, bigger, but it was, like, I was, like, I can see you working out a lot, and you fit in a plane seat. Right? She was a little bit bigger, but she fit in a plane seat. Right to be big, like, I'm talking 300, 400 pounds, is a little bit crazy. Yeah. Because at that point, you're doing nothing to fix that.
1: Exactly, because if you're, if you're actively working out and you're just not losing weight, okay. But if you're in a situation, you talked about it before, where you talk about with your day-to-day, how your future looks like. Because the one thing that pops in my mind is, when I'm older, let's just say I happen to have children, grandchildren, will I be the grandparent who can play with your children? Yep. Will I be, well... Not that kind of play. But, you know, we're, we're hanging, you know, actually the have Kelly? the family, <laughs> the family. Yeah, no, no R. Kelly sort of situation, no Jeffrey Dunn, you know, people who out there, John Wayne, Gacy. Nobody wants to have situations like that, right? But I want to be the elder who's still mobile. Right. Like, whenever you see, and I find this so funny on social media, when you see, like, it's an 80-year-old, 70-year-old, 60-year-old, 50-year-old who looks absolutely amazing. And right. people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe how you look this young at that age. What did you do? I took care of myself. Yeah. Could you imagine that? You drank your, uh, you drank water, you exercised, you took care of yourself. There's people who just started working out at 50, look absolutely amazing at 70. And then people will look at the seven year old wow, that seven year old looks better than I do, and I'm in my 20s. Well, why is that? Yeah. Do you have and no shame?
0: The craziest part is, there's a level of resistance that's so low. Like, when you're that big, when you're 300, 400 pounds, it is not hard to lose weight. Like, it's so easy, but at some point, you hit a wall where it gets harder. Like, for me, Right now, I'm in pretty good shape, but it's hard for me to really like get super chiseled Mm -hmm. because I've hit that level of resistance where it gets harder. And this applies to everything in life. You look at money. I like to talk about money, fitness, love a lot because for the most part, the same rules apply to all of them. It's laws of the universe. But when it comes to money, same thing. It's so easy to make a hundred grand. After that, that's where it starts to get a little bit tough. Mm -hmm. It's when you're that big, when you're 300, 400 pounds, it is so easy to lose weight. And then once you start getting more in shape, it gets a little bit harder. You have to put a little bit more work in right so making a hundred grand let's say you can make a hundred grand working six hours a day eight hours a day right if you want to make a million now you're working 10 12 hours a day because it it just it's a different level right right? the switch just flips same thing with your fitness if you're trying to lose a hundred pounds you're 300 pounds you want to lose a hundred pounds easy right go on a couple runs eat less you'll lose a hundred pounds but the second you want you want to become like bodybuilder you want a six-pack you want like to be ripped That's where where it's going to require some work. So, for the most part, I feel like it's so easy to lose that weight when you're... It's hard... It's harder to be that big
1: than it is to be Exactly. Like, you legit have to choose your hard Because whenever somebody's in a situation where they start talking about, okay, well, I don't have the time, per Mm -hmm. se. I always say bullshit, because consider... You're supposed to have, like, healthy... Why is it, like, seven to nine hours of sleep? Mm -hmm. Most people are operating on, like, six and a half. Truly, because yeah. we live in a society of people who kind of, we embolden sleep, but we sun sleep at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you're in a situation where you're asleep but from between six to eight hours. I'll give you that. So when you're not asleep, you're awake, right? Yeah. Unless you're some sort of lobotomy sort of patient, you're, in, you're operating in a sense of limbo mm-hmm. or you're a vegetable. You're in a situation where you have operable hours. You're right. awake between, let's say, 18 to six, what eight, 16, 18 hours, you're awake. Yeah. In that time frame, let's just say you go to work. You have your eight hours, you could push that up if you count in commute, shower, eat, all that other stuff. We could push that to about like 10, 11, 12. If you take an hour showers, I don't know what to tell you. But let's just say you leave about six hours of space. Of course you have to you know, decompress from going to work or maybe you have different sort of times to where you have to do different things. Maybe you're with the children, whatever the case may be. But in that time frame, find a way to put your health first, because at the end of the day, none of this matters if you don't put your health first. You can make all the money in the world. If your health ain't right, you will die, Mm -hmm. and you won't be able to enjoy what you worked so hard to build. So it all goes back to mindset, but then at the same time, especially for the larger individuals, I would much rather have a situation where you're like, hey, you know, I've been exercising every single day. And it's not even just, you know, you just exercising or what it is that you're exercising. It's the willfulness to actually do it. Like, there's some people who go to the gym, they do nothing. Like, you'll go over there, you'll walk for a little bit, and then you'll end up leaving. There comes a point where you have to increase what it is that you're doing. Have you, if, if, if I brought four people around you, even as it pertains to money or whatever, right, your passion, whatever the case is, if I brought four people around you, if I told you secretly and this goes to everybody. If I told you secretly, for six months, I had a personal trainer, personal assistant, nutritionist, and sleep therapist following you around for six months. If I told you that the ultimatum was, hey, they'll put a gun to your head. If you did everything you can do, at least 80%, matter of fact, I'll, I'll even lower it. If you did 60% of everything that you could do to better yourself, they'll hand you a check for 10 million dollars. But if you didn't eclipse that 60%, they'll shoot you in the head. Would you feel comfortable taking a deal like that? Most people would say no. Mm-hmm. So that there's four, y- nutritionist, personal trainer, personal assistant, sleep, you know, therapist, or sleep professional. Yeah. If you didn't do everything in your power, at least 60%, because obviously nobody's gonna be at 100%, and you freaking, you know, optimize every single minute of your day. Yeah. 60% of your day throughout months, years, whatever the case is, over the course of the last six months. Because most people will say, I did everything I could. Did you really? Mm -hmm. So if I told you somebody was secretly following you for six months, would you take that deal? This $10 million check, if you did 60% of what you claimed, hey, I had... I I did everything I could. If you did 60% of doing everything that you could, here's $10 million. You did everything that you could. You didn't quite get there, but hey, now this will, you know, eliminate whatever sort of vices you may have to send you where you want to go. But if you're lying, that's the end of your life. Most people say, oh, I don't feel comfortable with that. Because yeah. they know they're going to get eradicated. So, you know... The th-
0: thing about all that, too, I think... When you look at happiness as a whole, I think in today's world, people struggle to be happy. Mm. When you look at depression, depression statistics, everyone's depressed nowadays, right? And again, going back to the world that we live in, I think there's, there's three facets to happiness. And you can correct me if I'm wrong or even if you disagree. But I think it's the health component how you feel on a daily basis, because it does affect your mood. Uh, I think fit people are a lot happier than people that are obese. Uh, It's the financial component, right? Fitness, finances, make sure you have money to pay your bills. And that's whether you have love in your life. Because all of these things work in parallel. You can be depressed if one of these parts of your life is lacking. If you're out of shape, broke, and have no love in your life, which typically they all coincide, you're not gonna have any happiness. But let's say uh, you're fit, you have money, but you have no love in your life. Those are right. the sad, rich guys. If you are fit and you have love, but you don't have any money, you're still sad, because now you, you can't pay the bills. Mm-hmm. If you are, if you have money and you have love in your life, but you're out of shape, now you get sick, you're sad because you, you can't control your health. So no matter what, I feel like if one of these things is missing, you're automatically gonna have a chance to be sad, but I have never met a person with, that was in shape, had money, and had love in their life, where they say, oh, I'm depressed. Right? Or even if there is, that's like the very, very few. Like it's a super outlier. Yeah, super outlier. And those are those stories of like these tragic stories where he had everything. Why didn't... Why was he depressed? Why did he kill himself? But for the most part, people that have those three things, they're happy. And one thing, when I see people say, I'm depressed, I'm sad, the biggest issue is because you're missing something there. You have to audit your life. If you are sad, if you're feeling depressed, you have to audit your life and look at these things and say, okay, I'm depressed because I'm poor. Because for me, at some point, I thought I had depression. I thought I was sad. But then when I audited my life, it was because I wasn't in good shape, right? I, was, I wasn't fat, but I wasn't, like, in shape either. Um, I had no love in my life. Girls didn't like me. My family situation was weird. And I was broke. Mm-hmm. And for me, the natural solution was I made money first, because when you have the money, it fixes all, The love life... It fi- your love life gets better when you have money. Right. Right, And when you have money, money is the easiest fix because it fixes all the other two. If you have money, you can hire a personal trainer. You can hire a nutritionist. Me, I got a bunch of meal preps in my fridge. You can hire, uh, you can afford to get healthy with money. Money will also help your love life. Your love life, I wasn't cute to him before. They were kind of like, uh, whatever, he's okay. As Soon as I have money, oh, he's hot, oh, he's cute. All of a sudden, right, yeah. but it's the money that does that. So I think one of the biggest things, if you want to fix your depression, fix your sadness, and obviously, this is not a be-all cure. I, I don't think it's the medicine the doctor gives you. Because right. now it's like, they'll give you a prescription and be like, oh, you're depressed? Here's some medicine. Yep. Don't be depressed. That's fake. It's temporary. That's like temporary satisfaction for... It's a band-aid on a big pro- bigger problem. If you want to cure depression, you have to audit your life and get your finances in order, get in shape, and fill your life with love, whether it's family, whether it's romantic love, just any sort of love, all of that. Um, That's kind of what you want to do if you want to be happier.
1: I agree 110%. The thing with medication, it becomes a point where you have this dependency. Yeah. Where, okay, I hand you this pill. This pill is going to make you feel good. Mm -hmm. Now you operate in a system where you won't feel good without this pill. I always tell people you're all that you need. Yeah. You have the solution. You just got to find it. Mm -hmm. So with the audit of your life, first thing you have to do is take accountability for everything. Even if you did nothing wrong to get yourself in this situation... Everything is your fault. Everything is your fault. Mm -hmm. Everything is your fault. It could be a product of a decision that you made with somebody else that now became a domino effect that led to you finding yourself where you are. So you have to first say, all right, it's my fault for where I'm at. Then you try to identify what the problem is, because for every problem, there's a solution. For every cause, there's an effect. Right. So in order to fix the problem, you have to first find the problem. And this is where it's most difficult, because a lot of times you have to either go to that dark place, revisit, you know, incredible trauma. But you have to figure out where did it come from? And then from that point, you start to work your way through, yeah. whether it's you having to, um, work through the particular problem, whether you have to talk about it with somebody, you have to find out what the source is, mm-hmm. right? And then you move forward. And then for me, with depression or the idea of feeling depressed, because usually depression is a situation where you feel like you're, you're, you're being, like, suffocated right. under the, the bad thoughts or whatever the case may be. But if you're able to find, I talk about this all the time, and I'll, I'll keep it brief because we talked about it before, but Any little piece of happiness, if you find joy at any point in the day or whatever, the same way that you can project depression and depressing feelings or depressive thoughts to where if you have a shit morning that now gets projected into a shit afternoon, take that same little bit of joy, even if it's five minutes, you project that five minutes into 30 minutes. Project that 30 into an hour. Slowly but surely, you become a happier person. It's a mental trick.
0: And I tell people this, because. I think people misconstrue what we're talking about and they say, oh, you don't understand what my life is like. You don't understand what my sadness is like. And I agree, I don't. I don't. It's hard to speak on your behalf. But here's one thing I can say. You can change stuff. It's okay to feel... I don't want people thinking it's not okay to feel sad. It is 100% okay to feel sad. But you can't let that stop you from making changes in your life. If you want to get... like, If you want to be sad that's fine but at least get rich get in shape find some love in your life and see if that fixes it that's worth if i was sad i don't know for me the first thing i would try to do is figure out how to get unsad. and if there's three obvious solutions i'm going to try my best to fix all three of those before i start to seek help or go to a doctor look for alternative medicine right i would solve these three things in my life to see if that was the the cause of it because for the most part people just want a quick fix right they want an easy fix because that fix is hard. Getting rich is a hard fix. Getting in shape is a hard fix. Getting love in your life is a hard fix. It's not an easy fix. So, yeah, I, I get where people are coming from. They're sad, but at the same time, are you sad because you don't want to do the fixes, or are you sad because of something else?
1: And do, I, I always say, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? What is the alternative? Yeah. If you're in a situation where you feel sad all day, you think people want to feel sad with you? People don't want to, like, you become toxic. I know it's popular now, everybody calls things toxic. Yeah. But if you're a sad individual, you're going through some shit, because everybody goes through some shit, most oftentimes people feel like their shit is so much heavier than other people. Yeah. You'd be surprised how, oh, man, my life sucks. You could have the worst story in the world. I can find you somebody else whose story is much worse. Right? So the moment that you identify, man, life is shit, something's got to happen, because have- what's the alternative? You want to yeah. stay here or you want to go where you want to go? Do what you got to do.
0: And I think is, these people become so bad for everyone around them, because at the end of the day, misery loves company. Yep. So when I look at the state of the world, state of social media, everyone's just commenting negative shit on social media. And if someone comments negative shit on your social media, guess what you do? You comment on someone else's. It's like a fucking disease. That's mm-hmm. the real pandemic right there. They fuck it. By the way, we could talk about COVID now on YouTube, so I oh, don't yeah. anymore. Yeah. But that's the real pandemic right there. It's all this fucking negativity. I think that's more harmful than anything else, Someone's someone sad with their life, what do they try to do? They don't want to be alone in their sadness, so they try to bring someone else down. Because they look at someone else that's happy, they're like, fuck, why are they happy? Why am I sad? That's not fair. I want them to be sad, too. So they try to bring someone else down. Right. And if, if they bring someone else down, they feel a sense of accomplishment in their life. Because right? it makes them feel happier now that they're not alone in their sadness. Because misery loves company. So I see that all the time. I'm like, negativity is contagious. Right. And one negative person can affect other people. So, I think if you really, really want to be happy and live a promising life, a prosperous life, you got to be a force of good in the world and not be someone that spreads all of these negative messages. Because I feel like the entire world now is all negative.
1: And you know what's interesting? Somebody would say, well, if you want to be a force for good, well, you must have... You, you need money to have a force of good. Not necessarily. Because yeah. look at it like this. I can go to a Subway, buy like a foot-long sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to eat the whole foot long. I yeah. could just take the half of the sandwich and then the other half hand it to somebody else. We wouldn't want to use the interest here. Now, come on now. (laughs) No, I know it's true, but whatever the case may be. But, you know, uh, I I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I have to consume the entire thing if you know somebody is hungry. So let's just say you pass by a homeless person, you went inside of the subway. Even if you don't have to buy that person lunch, but... You don't have to eat all of your lunch. Now, think about it. You're probably paying, like, well, $15 for a sandwich, $10 for a sandwich, or whatever. You could take half of that sandwich, give it to that person. That could be your good deed of the day. Start yeah. small. You could do a good deed of the day. You can start to talk to different particular people. Because you know how many people live a life they don't talk to nobody? Like, I got and, no friends, I yeah, have no interactions.
0: It doesn't have to be that big. You don't have to spread... Like, you don't have to buy people
1: food. Right? right.
0: right? You could start as simple as leaving positive comments on Instagram instead of negative ones. Right. Because the, the entire thing, I posted a video, and you'd be surprised. Like, if I could... I want to go back and forth with some people, because, like, I could easily just be like, -"You're fucking broke. Right. You get no bitches." Like, I go hard on every single person, right? At some point, I think I, there was a guy, It's a long time ago, he commented some shit. I DM'd his girlfriend, she replied. Sent him screenshots of his girlfriend replying to me. Because I was, like, real, like, angry at them. So, I could sit there and fucking argue with people the entire time, but it's not even worth my time. But the fact that there's so many people that just say negative shit, it goes to show like it's a reflection of their unhappiness.
1: Right. Because you got to ask yourself, how do you talk to yourself?
0: Because I never, I never see people that are successful I, I will never catch myself hating on someone else's stuff.
1: Right. Right. And I find it so interesting because I, I always, I, I'll ask people, what do you say to yourself? Yeah. How do you talk to yourself? Mm-hmm. Then how do you talk to others? It. It. And I tell, anybody can do like an Thoughtful audit of their, the, the way that they a speak. Thoughtful audit. Thought it, a thoughtful audit on how you speak to yourself and speak to other people on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself being more negative than positive, change that. Just change that. Just yeah. switch it. Try the alternative.
0: It's hard because like everything we say, it's so simple, bro. Right. So simple. So simple. But it's
1: easier said than done. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because when you do the shit, for one, you're gonna feel weird. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna feel like yourself. But then you have to give it time. Like if you told yourself, uh, 90 days is, is one of those situations where you could always say, all right, 90 days, three months, that's what I'm gonna shoot for. Start small, give yourself three weeks. I wouldn't want to say one week because I think that's too short, and then when you start to feel that pressure by like the, let's say if you start on a Monday, you'll start to feel that pressure by like late Wednesday on Thursday, so if you give yourself three weeks, not even a month, don't give the pressure of the month, three weeks where you just be positive. Just be positive. Even if the worst thing is, oh, man, I got into a car accident. Well, I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. Try to find the alternative positive message in everything. I promise you, when week four comes, you cannot tell me, oh, well, uh, I'm, I'm feeling depressed. Or, well, well, my life is still shit. There, there's going to be somewhere, and that goes back to where we started with, with your perspective on everything. How do you find, for one, you have to be disciplined to be positive, because it's more difficult to be positive than it is to be negative. Because it comes a point where negativity is so easy. It's so easy.
0: I think it depends on your situation.
1: It does depend on the situation, but then when you start to speak positively to yourself and then to others, you'll see yourself become more of a happier person.
0: Positivity has a snowball effect, though. So here's a good example. When I was broke, I was living at my mom's. We didn't really have anything. She made, like, 40 grand a year. So I'm living with my mom. She made 40 grand a year. Tiny little room. My room now is as big as my closet. My closet here in my penthouse is bigger than the room I grew up in. Mm. It's easier to be negative because you could be like, I'm stuck here. There's no way out. What am I gonna do? My life is over, right? But that small ounce of positivity then becomes a snowball effect because I say, you know what? I'm gonna get out. It's positive, positive thought. Then I find a, a good job or a way to make money. Oh, cool. I'm making a little bit of money now. Still positive. Right? It becomes a bigger snowball effect. Now I'm grateful that I believe that I can get out, and I'm grateful that I have a way to make money. Then I see another little win. I make my first money online. Now I'm grateful for three things. I have three things to be positive about. And that snowball effect keeps going, because your blessings keep coming. You almost attract it to you, right? Like a snowball. When you roll it off a, a cliff, that snowball will get bigger and bigger and bigger. Positivity has a snowball effect. Because eventually, my small, like in my house that I grew up in, my small thought of, you know what? I can do this has now become, hey, I look outside my window, there's a fucking island. We're literally doing this podcast. Yeah. There's a view... Can you spin the camera, David? Is that possible?
1: There's an
0: island with yachts pulling up to it. The sand is all white.
1: You think I like, could like swim from here, there? <laughs> I don't think question. so. I'll, I'll probably die in between. Given your, given your complexion... Yeah, I might not make it. <laughs> I, might not make, <laughs> I make it. might not make it. I know you said
0: you were breaking the mold, but I don't know how much of the mold you're breaking.
1: Dude, I might not have the lungs. That's, that's what... <laughs>
0: There's an island right there, like we are doing this with a view of the ocean, there's an island right there, and all of this positivity, it's easy to be positive now. Oh, look at this, we're so blessed, we're so grateful. But that positivity came from the small thought in my little tiny room, hey, what if I could do this? Right. And that little small thought of positivity has then snowballed into, look at this fucking island.
1: And you know what a negative person would say? Well, you know, the positivity snowball. But what if the snowball melts? What if you're in a situation where you can't be positive anymore? You just have to do positivity. You just got to be positive. That's all it is. It starts there. It's in the mind. It's not no monetary sort of situation. It's not some sort of tangible sort of situation. It's in the mind. Just be positive. That's it. Just be positive. There'll be moments of negativity, whatever the case is. meet right, uh, me in me a the comedian. There's times in which I could say things that's relatively insensitive, whatever the case may be, and I'll face that up, up front, yeah. right? But I'm primarily more positive than I am negative. In my day-to-day, how I speak to myself, it is incredibly small of the percentage of negativity that exists there, because now I believe, okay, I'm capable. I worked my way to that point, to where even if I have an ego, it's a healthy you know, particular ego, because I look at it like, all right, let's just say if somebody were to look at the subscriber numbers or whatever the case is, following numbers or something like that, like, oh man, this guy's pompous. He thinks he's better than everybody else.
0: Here's my thing, it's gonna sound real. I'm not gonna lie, if if I look
1: at mine, I'm like, Kind of. Exactly. You wanna do that shit? Like, legit, I have... The, I, I, I've gotten to the point now where I almost, like, I, I feel that now. Because think... I'll, I'll, I'll look at people, and they'll say, oh, man, you have all this other stuff. You must think you're better than this person or something like that. And I'm not gonna say... We all got the same 24 hours. I'm not gonna sit over here and be like, man, I'm so much better than you. Like, your yeah. life is shit. My life is great, you know, to a certain degree. But at the same time, but... kind of. Because I had to work to get to this point. And this is usually where people get, well, why can't you just be humble? Why can't...? I understand that. I, I get it. But do you really... If I work this hard to get to this point, you think I'm still gonna carry myself as if I'm...
0: And the thing is, it never stops, right? Because right. when I was broke and I was talking the way I was talking, I was like, I'm gonna be a millionaire, I'm gonna do this, yep. I'm gonna do that.
1: Nobody gave a shit.
0: Nobody gave a shit. They're like, aha, loser, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. But then I do it, and now it's like, oh, you can't be humble? And it's like, motherfucker, I told you two years ago I was gonna do this. So now you gotta live with it, right? You, like, I ate the shit to be here. Right. So, going back to it, so I, I've been looking at it and thinking, like, how far do you think that is, that swim?
1: The out. swim? <laughs> the good Lord. Okay, so, for one, for me might just take me like an hour, so I will die after about two minutes. But um, the, the distance between here and there, now, I think, because I, I used to play football, so I think in I think a matter of yards, probably from here to there, I want to say five football fields, maybe? You think that's maybe, five? Maybe like fields? 500 yeah. yards? Jesus. Okay. I wanna say I may be off. I may be off.
0: Yeah, I mean that's.
1: Sounds a little. I
0: think about it like this, right? Like, let's say, like, what if you just wake up there one day? No one's there. This is like land. All these buildings are gone. You're just on a desert island, like that, and your job is to survive. Like, do you think you you make it? You think you make it out? I definitely think if I was life or death, it's easy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I I think I'd survive, because, for one, um, all the different yachts or jet skis that's passing by, I'm gonna get somebody's attention. No, 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 but let's say all that stuff is gone. Oh, if it's gone. Well, for one, masturbation's not a question. I gotta make sure that I'm... And I'm not exhausted at any particular point. But (laughs) if that's the case, I would, on the daily, see how far... Because I-I-I could swim. For whatever reason, I can't float. But I would have to run trial runs for the distance. So let's just say I would swim around the island so I'm not too far out Smart. so then I can build up the endurance to get to where I have to get to then on top of that because for one I, at the end of the day it would have to be on me to save myself but if I know there's sil- um, civilization and and people are alive out uh, um elsewhere I can also try to do something that would get attention so if I try to like slowly build towards, like, a wildfire, per se. I wouldn't try to get that on the first day, because let's just say nobody is alive, and I'm the only person. I just burnt down the trees, so now I have no oxygen. Now I'm ingesting, you know, the smoke. I'm having a bad time. So I would have to do little by little. So I would begin by, for one, making sure that physically, I would be able to sustain the swim, you know, from there, here. Then I would have to develop some sort of system to where I can now... (laughs) <laughs> catch people's attention. And for food, I, I guess I'm vegan. I'm eating trees. I, I don't know. That
0: is so funny. I asked uh, you that question because, like, I think you're going to have a similar answer to me. You devise an entire plan of, like, I'm going to do this and this and this. Because for me, I was like, man, fuck that. I'm a, I'm a beast. I'm going to just... I'll make it. I'm going to just jump in the water and swim that bitch. If I die, I die, right? I'm a motherfucking monster. You were like... You are like, so I was swimming around the island get a gauge of how it works. Set a tree on fire. Smoke signal.
1: <laughs> right, right. Because my whole thing is... And since I was a kid, because this is where I was a lunatic, right, I'd walk into rooms and I would identify three ways I can exit the room, right? If worse came to worse and, you know, uh, a, a crisis were to break out, how do I escape? I think what I... do I do, yeah. right? So anytime there's a situation, I try to figure out what are three ways, just three ways I can go about what's going on. Like, if I'm in a mirrorless... Wall, well, walls, no mirrors, one door sort of situation. What ways can I prevent, you know, the crisis? I think back to um, Resident Evil. I remember it was the first movie that I ever cried watching. I was like eight years old. I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. Where, um, the, um, I forget which character it was in, but they were in the room where the lasers were coming forward, and then I think the person got caught, and then their body, like split into everything. I was losing... I ran to my mom's house. I slept... I slept on my grandmother's lap. I can't watch movies. I was, like, eight years old. I was losing my mind. So in that moment i thought like man if i'm in something like that what the hell can i do to try to avoid if i see it's coming this the only thing i can do is try to prolong the time period between <laughs> me getting caught by the laser if i try to go backwards right so that's one option two would be make it fast jump right into it and just die at that point right but if i'm in a situation like that i need to find different ways to where I can get around what's happening. So, if I look at the island over there, and there's no boats, there's... It's just me over there. I need to, one, make sure that I can sustain, making it over there. Two, if I can build some sort of signal, there's that. And then, three, ultimately, with food, I'd have to do some. So, I I guess I'd become, like, the... I'd become the Jeffrey Dahmer of that island. (laughs) You know? Somebody's getting eaten. Don't let me find another human. Protein, baby. It's so
0: funny you say that, because I'm the same way. But, like, for me, it was always, like when I would walk around anywhere and I see a group of guys, I'm like, yo, okay, so if these guys attack me right, right. now, how would I do this? I was like, okay, so i would hit the biggest guy first, because then the rest of them probably like follow him. So if, mm-hmm. I, if I hit him first, knock him out, the rest of the guys are gonna be like, oh shit, and I'm already in their head. Now, if you, if a big group of guys attacks you and you just hit the biggest guy, you take him out, the rest of them are like, oh shit. Now they're all a little like weary. Right. And now you won the psychological game. So now you can start like, Pressing forward. So I always think about that. Then, like, sometimes when group, groups of people are uh, approaching me, I'm like, can I take them? Can I not? Because then it'll affect the way I walk around them. If, right. if there's like a group of guys, I'll be like, man, I'll take all you guys. Mm-hmm. All you motherfuckers are done. You better not look at me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But let's say that one time there was a big group of Samoan guys.
1: Oh, big. it's already over. Yeah, Come and I look at man. them
0: I'm like, ooh, and I'm like,
1: Bunch yeah. of the rock. I'm clones. like, I'm
0: like this. I'm like, oh, yeah, you need me to get out of the way? Okay.
1: Yeah, those Samoans. I don't know what goes. The Damn Isle man. of Samoa, I don't know what they got in the food over there. I've never seen a small Samoan. Yeah. I have never seen a small Samoan. And
0: that's the thing, too. I like, I feel like i take, listen, you You need at least four of your homies if you're going to beat me up. I'll whoop.
1: If there's three of you, like, I'll whoop you. But these Samoan guys, man, I don't know. It's Dude, like, half a Samoan might. A Samoan child might just get me, bro.
0: I was thinking about I was like, even if I had a gun, like, how many bullets would I have to. That sounds Dude. real violent, but, like, Dude. how many times would I have to shoot one of these Samoans? You know, okay, it's like... You have to
1: reload. <laughs> yeah. just at you, have it's to like reload.
0: taking a rhino. Like, mm-hmm. like, imagine a rhino is... I thought about that, too. Imagine a rhino is charging you, and you got a gun. What is your gun gonna do against this rhino? You're not gonna stop it just by shooting it. Like, it's gonna keep charging you. So, I feel like it's the same with a Samoan. Like, unless you hit him in the head... <laughs> yeah, like, it's-it's it, legitimate. It's <laughs> it's so legit. Unless you hit him in the head, which is hard. Like, I don't know if you ever shot a gun before, but, like, a head is a small target to be...
1: Oh, yeah. Shooting, oh, you know? yeah.
0: Especially if they're running at you, like, charging, mm. like, like, a rhino. <laughs> like, you would have to empty the entire clip into them before they even went down. And even then, like, if they got to you and just, like, tackled you,
1: that's a Because that's the thing. with These damn Samoans, man. They, they're so... They're, they're incredibly large, right? Because I remember when I watched, um... What was the movie? It was Fast and Furious, but it was the, um... Hobbs and Shaw, right? Now, The Rock, he's half Samoan, right? He's so he's like... Samoan, he's half, half a Samoan, but he got to where he's at, right? So imagine a yeah. full Samoan, right? The Samoan's crazy. But there was a scene in the movie where he was holding the chain connected to a helicopter, <laughs> and then a car. You know, it's, it's so outrageous and not humanly possible. <laughs> but you're like is he doing that he's right? half samoan so a piece of me was watching the movie and said that checks out that makes sense because if i seen a platoon of samoans walking alongside the aisle if world war three were to break out and the samoans and tongans who are on the front it's over i feel comfortable you could bring you could bring ships warships all kinds of nuclear bombs. I, I, we will survive behind the Samoans. I don't care what nobody... If you have Samoans and Tongans on the front line, you're good. Yeah, it's so funny, because you know that rock? It wasn't CGI. He actually did that. Oh, really? See, so, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> but the fact that you believe it just says a lot. Dude, I was sitting there, and legit, I'm like, this is outrageous, but it's so the rock. Big, yeah, it's big, dude. And big Samoans, because my method... Every, and I, I do the same thing. I'll be walking, and I'll see a group of people. I'm like, dude, man, shit, can I... Can I beat them all up? Can I take Because I think every dude, to a certain degree, thinks, like, man, if it was a, you just, I, I I gotta save the universe. Yeah. It's me. I'm walking. I'm with my family. Somebody tries to attack us. How would I take everybody out, right? You start thinking of all these different sort of movements you know, that you'd I, have to go so after. I th- do. So, I,
0: I was, like, I was fighting for a long time. I still, like, I was at the boxing gym the other day. I think, like, exactly how I'm gonna move. I'm like, okay, he's gonna throw a punch. I'm gonna slip the punch. I'm gonna throw an uppercut. I'm going right. to jump back, I'm going to hit him. Like, I think exact details. I'm like, okay, here's
1: what I'm going to do. I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. So you think exactly what you're going to do. Same thing. I think yeah. exactly what it is that I'm going to do, but I, I rather than... Because everybody thinks I'm going to get the knockout. I don't go that route. <laughs> what I do is, because I know if you have to get the knockout, then you're in a situation where if you don't get the knockout, it's over. Yeah. So first thing I do is I'm going to attack your lower extremities because I'm going to make it seem as if I'm going to go and swing up top, but I'm immediately going for your knee. If I neutralize your knee, it's over. You're on one leg oh, yeah. unless you're like. You walk up and you had a prosthetic that I thought was real, it's over at that point. Yeah. Like, I kick off your leg and you start hopping because you're accustomed to this, I'm, I'm going to the upper room, it's over, right? <laughs> but if I'm in a situation where I make it seem as if I'm going to swing on the first one, of course, you got to go for the biggest guy first, right? Yeah, so you got to go for the biggest guy first. You find that per- I kick you straight in your kneecap, tear your ACL, you're on the ground, you're done. Yeah. Because that pain right there, you're not going to get out of that. So you're then done. people are going to start worrying, oh, my knees, right? <laughs> Unless I'm battling against, like, Megan Thee Stallion, all... <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. And she's already got iron feet after getting shot. So whatever the case is, she's in a position where I can't... Like, if there was 16 Megan Thee Stallions, it's over for me, right? But if you have all of these different people who's approaching, you're like, man, how would I take this person out? I immediately go for the knees. I'm gonna attack the knee, I'm gonna kick the knee in as much as I can, and people will be in a situation... Because really think about it. Unless you're fighting against people who really, you know, they fight this is what they do, they train in fighting. Yeah. Most people know how to protect their upper body. Who, yeah. how do you protect your, like, are you gonna be holding your lower yeah, leg? You can't. know how to check a kick? It's over. It's at over. that point, if I'm just the dude <laughs> who's literally, like, I look like a Jamaican on the dance floor, but I'm really attacking people, at that point, I'm gonna win, and you're gonna be, this guy's a psycho. He keeps yeah. attacking, <laughs> you know, knees. the knee. Like, even in South Park, when Butters, he, I think he kept shooting people in the dick, or something <laughs> like that, right? If I'm a dude who just keeps attacking you in your private part, you're not He's gonna like, wanna fight oh, me oh, no yeah, more. yeah, that's the
0: knee, that's the like, knee-kicking guy. Exactly. It's like,
1: that's a <laughs> yo, we can't, let's get out of here, man. I think that's the only way I'd be able to take on Simone's and targets.
0: You know, you know yeah, Simone's and targets, I think my best defense, like, when I see him like, okay, I can 100% run faster than these guys. Right. That is my plan, that's my plan.
1: But can you run longer than the endurance?
0: <laughs> that's a the very good point. I mean, I think I would just yell and just, like, so here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with running from, people would be like, no, nah, I, would, I would be honorable, i will sit there and die on my shield. I'm like, bro, that's stupid. You're... Like, the chance of you... Because I think about this. I see these guys, that got thick necks. I'm like, even... Because I've knocked people out before. It's very satisfying. But I'm thinking, even if I get a direct hit, right? Yeah. Slip, slip, open shot, boom. Fully-loaded punch. They're not going to sleep. They're going to eat that. It's going to be like... Yeah. You know when a baby hits you? Yep. Or has Bulo when he hits people? I'd be mm-hmm. like, that. I'll be Like what? They would look at me... and, and, they, they would, they yeah. would, and It would make them angrier. Mm-hmm. So, for me to sit there and, like, get jumped by five dudes, there's nothing honorable about that. That's stupid. I would just die.
1: Right. Right? Right. And oh, <laughs> this... Just popped in my mind. This is how you know I'm a lunatic. What if you fought against five masochistic Samoans? So, like you it. hit the... And they like it. Like, you hit them, and there's, like, a satisfactory moan. <laughs> like, you ever ate a good steak, I all and you're calm. like, Mm, just... <laughs> ah. Well, at that point... Now, but, but then now, you're surrounded <laughs> by <Simone> with demon. <laughs> Oh, and they're, they're getting more turned on in the battle. Like, this, this, this has since descended into something. But you, you got to consider, like, you're fighting against these masochistic Samoans, thick necks. you are not gonna have a good time. You
0: just, you just... enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it's... There's nothing that you can do. Yeah. It's not, but, but it all goes back to trying to figure out, right? When you're in situations... Right, I'm trying to tie this all back. When you're in situations <laughs> in be life... Be positive. Right? You got to be positive, all right? You got to be positive. Five all around you. Right? Find Samoans. <laughs> Try to find a silver positive. lining. <laughs> Try to find a silver lining right? You could have been in a situation where it was five different particular kind of <laughs> people, right? It could have been five rhinos, this time it's five Samoans, right? Just find the, 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 least, what is it, the least barrier of entry, yeah, something yeah. of that nature, try to find the positivity in whatever it is that you go. I don't know how we can tie this together <laughs> with battling Samoans, masochistic <laughs> Samoans, but one way or another, you got to find a way to go and be positive, <laughs> I guess 100%. we can leave it at that.
0: 100%. Yeah. Cool, man. I think that's a good point to end it on.
1: Right? Battling freaking masochists. This was a
0: good episode. I, I had a lot of fun with this. Good one. lord.
1: Yeah, so you know it comes down to mindset, but um, we, we got <laughs> we we covered a lot. Five
0: Simones, it all right? comes
1: down to mindset. It comes down to it comes down to mindset. Well, masochists amounts they, they're coming from something different, but one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> I have been the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual, the chiseled donus. This is a serial entrepreneur, the Filipino Prince Tycoon. Rene Lacard. This is we are Asidious.
0: Yee! That was a good one.